You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. If you would, take your Bibles, your iPad, your phone, wherever you got. And open to 1 Kings chapter 18, or like always, you can follow on the screen. We'll read a few verses today. We're in a series that's really not just a series. It's a journey for the whole church. We're going on a journey with Jesus over these next four weeks, and we're calling it Miracles. And I really believe that this is the most important series that I've probably done with this church in my almost eight years here. I really believe that. I believe with all my heart over the next four weeks, we're going to see spiritual breakthroughs, miracles in relationships, in marriages, in hearts and lives. I'm talking about in families and all the way through because we still serve a God who's in the miracle business. I think we're going to see doors swing open to find the very thing that you need most in your life right now, even today. Last week, we talked about being on the brink of a miracle. Today, we're going to be looking at a miracle that God did in the life of the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament that blessed the whole nation of Israel. Now, if you remember, there had been a drought for three and a half years. Now, I know we have a lot of farmers here. You have been through a drought, but that is a pretty bad drought. Amen? Three and a half years because wicked King Ahab had turned the people to idol worship. So to get their attention, God had allowed this drought to turn them and push them in their pain toward prayer and toward God. Now Elijah goes to meet the wicked King Ahab as we pick up the story in verse 41 of 1 Kings 18. Verse 41 of 1 Kings 18. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. Now I want you to notice the phrase in the first verse here, there. Elijah says, there is the sound of a rushing heavy rain. It hadn't rained now for three and a half years. I mean, it was a terrible drought. And Elijah says, I hear something. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. And the wicked king looked around, and he's looking up in a cloudless sky. And the heat is just rising and rising and rising. He's looking at the growth, and now it's all ruined and dead because of all the parchment of the terrible drought. He's going, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. That's because his human ear couldn't hear the wavelength of faith. You see, the human ear, our human ears, are limited in the sound waves that we hear. For example, we can hear between 20 hertz as a low and as high as 20,000 hertz. That may sound like a wide range, but it's really not when you think about sound waves because it's actually things like a million hertz, even a billion hertz But we can't hear those because our human range, hearing range, is very limited. But there are some faith sounds out there. And here we see that Elijah wasn't hearing with human ears. 
He was hearing with the ears of faith. He could literally hear the sound of the heavy downpour before it happened. Now let that sink in. But God says, listen, because this is what we do. Won't we say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. You ever said that? But God says, no, you'll see it when you believe it. Did you get that? Now listen, we need to pray that God would give us ears of faith. That no matter what our circumstances are around us, that we can hear in advance the downpour of God's blessing in the middle of the drought. Some of you are going through a dry spell. You're in a drought. We're going to talk later about that. That we can see in advance, even though everything around us looks like it's dead, we can see the life that's coming through the miracle of God. So Elijah was hearing with ears of faith. The first thing I want you to see is faith starts with God's promises. I want to have faith like that. What about you? How did he have a faith like that? Well, we see that faith starts with God's promises. Faith is always born in the promises of God. So we've got to go back to the very first verse of chapter 18 to really understand how to have this kind of faith. And this is what it says in verse 1 of chapter 18. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So God gave him a promise that he was getting ready to send rain. So he said, Elijah, you better get your umbrella. I heard a story about a pastor who had a little country church, and they were experiencing a very, very bad drought. And pretty much everybody there was farmers. He said, okay, when you come back next week, we are going to fast and we're going to pray for rain. So the next week, the church was literally packed. I mean, you couldn't sit anybody else in a pew or anything. And so the pastor sat there and he said, well, we might as well go home because none of you have any faith. And one of the farmers looked at him and said, Pastor, what do you mean? We have packed the place out. He said, but none of you brought an umbrella. Huh? Listen, we're praying for rain and nobody thought about bringing an umbrella. I just want to say to you, get out your umbrella these next four weeks, okay? And expect God to pour out his downpour of blessing in your life. Expect God to do a miracle in your life. You know, guys, there's all kind of people in here that we go and we read things. We get a disease or we get this. Let's just say we need a physical healing. And we go to Google. Now, you know everything you read on Google and the Internet's true, right? Huh? Okay. And we get there. Well, you know, you have this much of a chance or you have this many years. The only statistic that matters in life is this right here. You, and you know what the statistic is? One. One God. One king, one savior. Amen. Amen. That's all that matters. And we need to understand that this morning. It's that word of God. Listen to me. Expect God to do a miracle in your life. It's so important to see that Elijah got a promise of God. That's why we need to spend time in God's word. Because there's over 7,000 promises in God's word. And if you're not spending time in God's word, then you don't know these promises. But... Faith 
is always born out of a promise of God. And sometimes that's all you have. Some of you, right here, right now, in here this morning, and those of you watching by live stream and TV, are going through such a terrible drought in your life. And it seems like the odds are stacked against you. It seems like hurricane force winds are just continuing to blow against you. And all you have is a promise of God that God's going to get you through. Can I tell you something? That's all you need. That's all you need. You cling to that promise. You hold on to that promise. When everything around you is in chaos, when it looks like everything around you is dead and the drought is everywhere, you hold on to that promise because the rainstorm is coming and God will see you through. If all you have today is a promise of God, that's all you need. So you hold on to God's promise because God's word never fails. Secondly, faith is expressed through our prayers. Faith is expressed through our prayers. We see that faith always starts with God's promise, but then faith is expressed through our prayers. Why don't we pray more? Why don't you pray more? Why don't I pray more? Let's be real honest. We're a church. We don't pray as much because we don't believe God. Because we don't have a lot of faith. A lot of times I hear people say, well, we've tried everything else. I guess all that's left to do is pray like that's a bad thing. You ever heard that? All we got is prayer when prayer should be the first thing and not the last resort. That's why some of us are in the shape we're in. Why don't we pray more? I mean, if we really, really believe that there is a doorway, and there is a doorway, right? And when we knock, listen, and we seek Him and admit that we need Him, and let him open our ears to hear the sound of the heavy rain and hold on to the promises and then pray with expressions of faith. Listen, if we really believe that, why don't we pray more? So I want us to think about this. How do you pray in faith for a miracle or a spiritual breakthrough? And we see this in Elijah. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't earn or deserve a miracle just like I can't earn or deserve salvation. But we can somehow, I don't get it, but it's amazing. Somehow, God uses my prayer and my little bit of ordinary, imperfect faith to collide with his cloud of power to produce a rainfall of his blessing. And what a privilege that is. We can't earn or deserve a miracle. But we can put ourselves in a place ready to receive a miracle. We can take out the umbrella and be ready. Now, lastly, this is where I want to count. I want to talk about how to pray. First of all, don't try to impress God. Instead, humble yourself before Him. You see, when you pray for a breakthrough, a miracle, don't act all spiritual. The Bible talks about that. A lot of people praying out loud, praying so other people can hear them, to impress other people rather than praying to God. God just wants you to humbly pray to Him and just pour out your heart to Him. If you're mad at God, tell Him He already knows it. Huh? He's got a big chest to beat on. 
Pour out that emotion. If you're frustrated, pour it out. If you're hurt and you're brokenhearted, pour it out. God says, pour it all out to me. I want to hear it. So you come to him humbly. Look at verse 42 of chapter 18. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his faith face between his knees. Now what a contrast between wicked king Ahab and Elijah. Because see, if you think about it, they both were experiencing the same drought. But watch this. The pain pushes Ahab into pleasure, and the pain pushes Elijah into prayer. See the difference? That's what pain does. You have a choice when it comes to pain. You can anesthetize it, and we do a million things to try to avoid pain, to cover up our pain. But when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you can't escape from it. It comes back in. But God says, don't run from your pain. Don't try to escape your pain. Don't try to deny your pain. Just let your pain push you to prayer because when you let your pain push you to pleasure or escape or trying to run away from it or avoid it or deny it, it just makes the pain a whole lot worse. So God says, let that pain push you to me. That's what he says. Listen, let that pain push you to me. Some of you are going through some painful stuff this morning. But God says, let that pain push you to me. So Elijah bows down as a symbol that he's God and I'm not. You're God and I'm not. And I need you desperately in this pain and in this drought. So first of all, be specific with your request. Did you know the New Testament talks about the Old Testament, this uh, Old Testament miracle in James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18? It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So God told Elijah, pray that it won't rain because the people have turned to idols. And I love them so much, and they need me so desperately, and I want to get their attention and bring them back to me. And that's what he did. Then he says, I want you to pray for rain. I want you to pray for rain. And he does. So he prays this really simple prayer. You ready for this? God, please make it rain. Did y'all hear that? God, please make it rain. I mean, it says, you just pray that it would rain. So what is it you desperately need God to do today in your life? Be specific. And you ought to write it down. You ought to get out a prayer journal over these next four weeks. And write down your prayer request and the date that you prayed them. Then when they're answered, you come back and you write that in. Then you can always remember, a lot of times, God answers our prayers and we don't even remember. Can you identify with that? You see, we so quickly forget. And so write down His promises in there and pray and write them down when God answers it. The date that He did and you can go back and you can look at your prayer journal and you can be so 
in courage. Your faith will be built because, listen, you'll see that God is answering your prayers and God is working in your life. So let me ask you again. So what is it you desperately need today? Be specific. Pray specifically about it. By the way, just in case you think that God answered Elijah's prayer because he was some kind of superhero of the faith, like all these other Bible heroes we hear about that are so much different from us, they've got so much faith, they so spiritual, no wonder God answers their prayers. No, it's not like that at all. James said, listen to this, you saw me read it. Elijah was as human as we are. His faith was as ordinary and as imperfect as ours. But he just chose to take all of his ordinary, imperfect faith and place it totally in a perfect, extraordinary God who did extraordinary things through him. So take that little bit of faith you have, place it all on him, and expect God to work. But then there's a third thing. Don't give up until God sends rain. Now, this is the whole point of the miracle. This is the whole point. Look at verse 43 of chapter 18. Verse 43. And he said to his servant, go up now. Look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Elijah didn't give up when he prayed one time. Just think about it. What if Elijah would have gone up to the mountain, bowed before God, and said, God, please let it rain. You've told me it's going to rain. Please send rain. Then he looked up expecting God to answer like he did, but there were no clouds. Then he said, well, at least I prayed. It's in God's hands now. I prayed, and so it looks like God didn't answer Maybe he just didn't want to answer. I don't know. God knows what's best, so let's go. What if he would have given up? No, he didn't do that at all. He went back and he prayed again and God didn't answer. And he prayed again and God didn't answer. He prayed one time. He prayed a second time. He prayed a third time. He prayed a fourth time. He prayed a fifth time. He prayed a sixth time. And then on the seventh time, God answered. Here's the point. Some of you have prayed six times. Six. Anybody remember the story of Naaman the leper? How do you think he felt when the Lord told him to bow? How many times to go down? Seven. How would you be when you went down once and twice and three times? This is really ridiculous. Four. Five of them, really. Six. And then on seven, it works. Listen to me. You need to go back, get on your knees today, and pray a seventh time. You need to pray again. Some of you feel like giving up. It's like I've tried, and I've prayed, and I've sought God, and nothing, there's no rain. And you've given up, and God says, no, you need to go back and pray again. Don't give up just before the miracle. That's the point. Don't give up just before the reign of God's blessing. You see, some of you have forgotten that it's always darkest just before dawn. 
and you're going through a really dark time in your life right now. But I want you to know that daybreak is just around the corner. Don't give up just before the downpour. Don't give up just before the blessing. Don't give up just before the miracle. The miracle is just around the corner. And maybe the only thing God wanted you to remember from this whole message is this. Whatever you feel like giving up on, don't give up. Give it to God again. Pray. And then look up and expect God to answer. Keep praying and pray with expectancy. Now, why does God want us to keep praying at times? Or why is it that God says, wait, not yet, not yet at times, because the greatest miracle, don't miss this, because the greatest miracle is not the miracle God works outside of us. The greatest miracle is the miracle God works inside of us, making us more like himself, teaching us to trust him, building our faith in his faith building process. We just don't like to go through the process. What I'm saying, and I'm preaching to myself because you know that when I point one finger at you, I got three coming back at me, right? This is what I'm saying to you. Stop grumbling. Stop griping. Stop doubting. And start praying again. And again. And again. And again. And again. And don't give up for the blessing. Now, why does God do this? Well, there's a faith-building process that God takes us through over and over again. And if you don't understand God's faith-building process in your life, you're going to get really frustrated in life. You're going to miss out on so much of what God wants you to experience. Think about it. He brought all these great men and women of the Bible through it over and over again. And He will bring you through this process over and over again. And you need to know it. Now write this in your notes if you're taking notes. The drought. We all go through droughts and we don't see God work. And many of you are going through a drought right now. The next phrase is difficulty. It's problems. Problems and walls and barriers. Then delay. Delay. You get to wait and have more problems. Isn't that fun? How many of y'all is in God's waiting room right now? Raise your hand. Come on, let's be honest. Yes. Then, dead end where everything closes in, and it looks like the impossible situation. Here we go. Then there's deliverance. After you've gone through this time and time again, you start getting to the points where you realize when you're at a dead end, and it seems like everything is impossible, that's only the fourth phase of God's faith-building process. You're just in the last phase before deliverance, so it's a good thing. So let me say this this morning to you. If you're at a dead end right now in your life, in some area of your life, there's a dead end. It looks like everything is dead, everything's over, everything's gone, you're just at the place before deliverance. That's all. You're just at the place where God works his greatest miracle so God gets the credit. You see, when I get to the place of a dead end, that's when I go, God, 
I give up. You know what he says? Finally. Been waiting for that one. Huh? So I can really get involved. Think about the great men and women of God. Abraham. He was told he'd be the father of a great nation, right? But he had a drought. He and Sarah was barren and couldn't have one child, much less be the father of a great nation. He goes through difficulty, waiting and watching. He's 100 years old, and it's dead end. It's over. It just seems like there's no way. And he looks at Sarah, and he says, no way. She looks at him and says, double no way. This ain't happening. This ain't going to happen. But in their hearts, they kept believing in deliverance, and God delivered Isaac. Think about Joseph. He was told that he was going to deliver his family and the people of Israel out of a terrible drought and famine. You know that story, but what happens? He experiences a personal drought. I mean, he's got some fine brothers. They loved him so much, they sold him into slavery in Egypt. And then he puts him, he's put in prison, falsely accused, you know, going through difficulties and delays. He's just waiting in that prison in a dead end. He's forgotten about, left to die, but then deliverance. God raises him up to be second in command beneath Pharaoh, and he saves his family and all of Israel from the drought. You think about old Noah, one of my favorites. God told him to build a big boat because it was going to rain and then flood. And you understand, they never seen rain fall from the sky, just the dew from the ground. He could save his family and everyone else who wanted to come in. But what happens? Drought. There's no rain, just drought. And the Bible told us that it had never rained before. And Noah had never seen rain. So when he was building this ark and everybody's walking by him for all this time, making fun of him, he just goes through delay and ridicule as everyone mocks him. Everyone says, you're a fool. What are you doing? Water is to come from the sky and it's going to fill up the earth. That's crazy. But then the rain starts falling, and his family is delivered. You see, the place of a dead end is just the faith-building phase right before deliverance. That's all. All we have to do is just keep on praying as God builds our faith. Now, why does God allow us to go through this process? Well, this is because he's building our faith, and he's preparing us for rain. See, sometimes I'm not prepared for the rain of blessing that God wants to give. And so he has to prepare me. Sometimes it's not the way I would like for him to prepare me. Maybe it wouldn't make me proud. Maybe I wouldn't trust him enough. Maybe I wouldn't seek him. Maybe it would take me off the path because my character doesn't match my calling yet. So God has to allow the pain in my life to prepare me for rain. That's what he has to do. And some of you aren't ready yet either. I may not be ready yet for the rain that he really wants to send, but he is preparing me. He's preparing you. And so it's the pain that prepares you for the rain of his blessing. By the way, the greater the pain, the heavier the rain. 
The longer the wait, the bigger the wave of God's blessing. You see, he's been preparing you. Don't tell me that you went through all that pain for nothing. Don't tell me that you went through all that heartache for nothing. Don't tell me you went through all of that hurt for nothing. No, God was preparing you for the rain. You went through the pain so he could prepare you for the rain. And I don't know about you, but I hear the sound of some heavy rainfall in your life getting ready to fall. I hear the sound of a distant thunder. Do you hear the sound of the downpour that's about to happen? So don't give up before the downpour. Go back to God. He's just building your faith. You're just at a dead end. That means you're almost at deliverance. God didn't bring you through the pain for no purpose. You need to hear me this morning. Every problem has a purpose. We don't understand it all down on this earth. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to me at all. But I know I have a heavenly father who loves me so much and he didn't bring me through all the pain that I have been through for nothing. He brought me through the pain to prepare me for the rain that is coming. And it is coming. And I hear the sound of rain. Did you hear? That's what I want to know. Do you really hear the sound of rain? This is what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I hear the sound of rain. Say it. Then turn to him and say, don't give up before the miracle. Now I want you to believe that. Don't give up before God brings the miracle. And that brings me to the fourth thing about prayer. This is huge. Don't dismiss small clouds. Don't dismiss small clouds. This is real important. In verse 44, look at this verse. And at the seventh time, he said, Behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, to, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. In other words, get out your umbrella, it's going to rain. See, Elijah's servant said it was just a cloud the size of a man's hand. A drought now for three and a half years. That's all Elijah needed because he said it may be the size of a man's hand. But that cloud was created by God's hand. And God always starts with small clouds. God's greatest miracles start with small clouds. And we ignore those small clouds in our lives all the time, looking for the big rainstorm. But God's big rainstorms always start with small clouds. We're always wanting to do something big and great for God. We're always wanting to, you know, that next big experience. That great miracle of God. And God says, I've never asked you to do anything big and great for me. I only ask you to take a small step of faith so I can do something big and great in you and through you. So what am I telling you this morning? Keep taking steps of faith. Don't skip over the small clouds. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Keep praying, 
Keep praying. Let God do his miracle in his time and in his way because God, God, and I'm not, and he loves me. Well, let me close this out. But here's how he did this miracle. Look at verse 45. This is what it says. And in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. That small cloud turned into a mighty rainstorm. But I go back to the very first verse in this passage, and this is what it says. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat, and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing rain. Do you have, this morning, spiritual ears to hear the rain? Are you sensitive to his whisper, his still small voice? Last week I talked about God is here, God is there, and everywhere. God is present and accounted for. What's absent is our awareness. I hear the sound of a heavy rain getting ready to fall in your life. A heavy rain of God's blessing. So I want you to expect over these next four weeks, breakthroughs, miracles in your life. And then expect Satan to hassle you because he hates what God's doing in your life. So he's going to hassle you, but he can't win. Then third, expect to grow strong in Christ. Grow in your faith like never before over these next four weeks, I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of a downpour. The question is, can you hear it? As our praise team comes, this is what I want to ask you, or just say to you. I could go through a whole list, even from text messages I've got this past week, to one after midnight last night, to one at six-something this morning with people just requesting prayers and asking God to do a miracle in their life. Some people are in other states. Some people are going to St. Rita's next week and waiting on some test results. A friend of mine's going down to James next week to have surgery for cancer. Another one in another state, they're going through this dreaded disease and it's not alcohol, drugs, anything, but they're having to detox the body. And there was a thing of fear that came over them last night. And it's been awful. And asked after midnight about praying. Well, let me just say this. Many of you still need a breakthrough in your marriage. You can come here. You can look pretty on Sunday morning. You can dress together. You can hold hands. You can walk in church. You can drive in the parking lot. You can do all that. But you know it ain't what it needs to be. And you need a breakthrough. You need to swallow your pride and you need to ask God to help you. Some of you this past week, maybe you've been waiting on a prodigal. You've been waiting on a phone call. You've been waiting on a prodigal to return home. Some of you have been waiting for years. Some of you you really need a physical healing. Some of you need to go and test results that could be bad. You need to hear there's no sign of anything. You, you need to understand. I've said it before. We serve the same God as Abraham, 
Isaac, Daniel, Moses. Do we understand that this morning? And God is still a way maker. He is still a miracle worker. He is still a promise keeper. So let me just say this. Don't run from your pain. Don't deny your pain. Don't try to escape your pain. Just let your pain push you to prayer this morning. I'm going to pray, and as every Sunday, this altar's open. There's so much that we can pray for as a church. I want to see a breakthrough in this church. I want to see a breakthrough in people's lives. And so our pastors will be here in a moment. If you want to come and pray with us or whatever, you don't know the Lord is your Savior, that's the greatest miracle. You've heard me say it sounds like a broken record, but walk in this church building on a Sunday morning. You don't know the Lord. You're on your way to hell. And then you hear the word of God. You ask him into your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you leave on your way to heaven. It doesn't get much better than that, does it, people? And that is the greatest. Some of you just need to follow in baptism. Maybe you got baptized before, but you really didn't get saved afterwards. And you need to get that baptism on the right side of salvation. Whatever it may be today, we will be here for you. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, for the rain that you're about to send. And Father, I pray this morning that whatever pain people are going through today, that you would let that, that push them to prayer, to get closer to you. So God, we're going to leave that in your hands today. Lord, for all of the people here today, Lord, we all have issues. We're all waiting to hear from you. So God, I pray that you'll continue just to be present and show up in this place today. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.